Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, I'm a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. All right. Welcome everyone. Namaste. So good to see you. Welcome to uh, season two of Study Buddy. It's sort of a new season. Uh, there's a little bit of a different flavor to our work. Um, we've got uh, a back-to-back -back classes uh, for this season. Um, the idea being that we're going to present uh, material, um, dis discuss it, meditate with it, uh, but then actually work with it throughout the week and then come back next week and sort of talk about our work. You know, maybe you had a chance to read the sutra. Maybe you literally incorporate into your meditation practices. You know, like Anandama was talking about having that Jedi experience last week. That was fun on Marco Polo. Um, and so, uh, and, and that'll give us a chance to also meditate a little bit more, always fitting that in. Um, we'll even have a chance for more reflection time. Um, and I think... You know, essentially what this sort of new season represents is uh, sort of stepping up um, to where Babaji's asking us all to go as uh, students, you know, to really bring it into our life and to make this space, this space that we're sharing right now, um, really productive uh, for our growth and to really, to really start to engage with each other in this space so that we're all, we're all a part of this process, you know, that it's not just sort of one way, like coming through your screen, you know, but it comes back and then it goes to this guy and over to that person and down here, right? Look at all these different boxes. So um, with that tonight, uh, we've got a really, I think a really special sutra that um, is going to actually a pair of sutras because they're so closely related that really opens the door to bringing the work into our life in a subtle yet profound way. Um, starting to pay attention to this, this big, vast space of, of reality that occupies the, the time after starting a project and the time before the project ends. It's called the maintenance period of reality. And according to the sutras, this huge swath of space um, occupies the biggest portion of reality and simultaneously is the least um, conscious for us as yogis and as, as individuals. So tonight we're going to talk about how to bring more awareness to the, to the maintenance aspect, to the middle space of your life and practice. So before we do that, let's get grounded into our seats, into our breath with a baya, a pan over. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Happy Navaratri. So fun that we get to all be together on a holiday. And so nice to see um, a lot of faces that I don't always see on Thursday. So welcome. If you haven't um, been here in a while or if you haven't been here before, um, you chose a great day to join in. Um, so let's start by 
connecting to our breath flow. And if it's comfortable, you can close the eyes or gaze at a single point. And let the breath be smooth and relaxed. So it doesn't feel like you're taking the breath or drawing it in, but rather allowing it to come and go without grasping. And just notice the ability you have to soften a little bit more on the exhalation. Maybe you even notice a physical softness as the shoulders can release any gripping or tension. And then maybe there's this subtler softening of letting go the rest of your day, any worries. And just giving yourself the opportunity to arrive in the present moment, fully grounded in your physical body and beyond. And just as gently as we've been working with the breath, we'll add in very, very gentle movement. And so place your hands on your thighs and with your next exhale, keep your hands where they are, but drag the hands forward just a little bit and notice what that wakes up in the shoulders and the core, really gentle. And then as you inhale, drag the hands back towards the hip creases and notice how that changes what's happening in the arms and the spine. Your next exhale, hands push forward. Maybe the spine ever so gently rounds forward evenly. And on your own pace, you'll inhale, drag the hands back and notice how you can lengthen the spine, arching the other way really softly, almost as if you're trying to create more space for the breath in the lungs. Repeat this at your own pace. You can even play with letting the movement get smaller and smaller. So it takes more and more focus to feel the hands, feel the shoulders, feel the spine. And then let the movement get so small that you're just finding your way to a neutral spine kind of like Goldilocks. One way is like, oh, a little too much arch. The other way is a little too much round. And you start to find that centered equilibrium of effortless effort, letting the breath guide you there. And when you've found that spot, turn the palms face up, just in a gesture of softening and receiving. 
Let the breath continue to flow naturally and see if you can just land in your physical body so comfortably that you can start to let it go. And so for the rest of the class, we don't even have to think about it. We can be in this deeper inner space beyond the physical. Shabaya. So let's take that right into a little bit of Sanskrit pronunciation for our sutras. We've got two tonight. <clears throat> let's just take it piece by piece. Prana samachare. Prana samachare. Sama darshanam. Sama darshanam. Prana samachare sama darshanam. Prana samachare sama darshanam. Say it like you grew up saying it. Just give it a shot once. Oh, you guys need to see me. Can you, you can move that? Can you read that? Okay. When their breath begins to slowly move out toward the external state, then they, the yogi, also experience the pervasion of God consciousness there. When their breath begins to slowly move out towards the external state, then they also experience the pervasion of God consciousness there. So your meditation practice follows you out into your life. And 3.23, Madhye, Madhye, Vara Prasava. It's a lot of short A's. Short A's are usually hard for English speakers because we like the long A. Madhye, Vara Prasava. Madhye, Vara Prasava. I, I can only imagine that there might be accents that I'm missing, you know, uh, emphasis and whatnot, but you can give it a shot too. Madhye Vara Prasava. The syllables are all there. That's important. He does not experience the state of God consciousness in the center of these three states. The yogi does not experience the state of God consciousness in the center of these three states. So when, when our awareness drifts, we actually miss out on this experience of God consciousness while we're in the middle of our life, is what this, this sutra sort of starts to point to. If you don't maintain your awareness, you sort of miss out on the experience of Shiva while you're in your life. So of course, we're going to talk about this a lot more, but just to give you some context. Okay, so let's dive in to this, to the approach to these sutras. Uh, and I do want to say a special welcome for anyone who this is their first class. Um, very exciting. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. I know some people have joined us right after finishing our upper level training, yoga training. So that's amazing. It's like a lot of online time. Thank you for being here. Um, and uh, so 
let's jump in. <clears throat> so all of manifestation is undergoing a three-part process. Okay. These are called the acts of Shiva. It's basically defined as there's a creation phase, a maintenance phase, and a dissolving or dissolution phase. Okay, so this goes uh, all the way for the, the, the biggest stuff in reality, like literally our universe expanding and then one day dissolving, or look at it in a smaller scope, the day the sun rises, it maintains overhead for a while, then it sets, you know, or even just something as simple as, you know, uh, a fruit comes into existence and then dissolves back into the earth. Everywhere you look, this three-part process is, is going on. Now, if you, if you sort of zoom out a little bit and just in, in, and think about it, the maintenance phase is by far the largest of the three. I mean, in just the simplest terms, you know, um, you might build a house in a year. You could probably tear down a house in a month, but you live in and maintain a house for decades, if not over a century, you know, in a well-built home. And so this maintenance phase actually occupies a majority of reality, but it's actually where our minds drift the most. And it's where our awareness drifts the most. Uh, Swami Lakshmanju talks about this in back in Sutra 2.10. He has this quote that always stuck in my head because I, I think it's the only time in the whole text that the word crisis is in the Shiva Sutra's text. And, and I was like, wow, what? This is really important to him. He says, uh, losing awareness happens to all yogis. It is the great crisis in the yogic world. All yogis generally experience this state of losing awareness. So if there was like a yoga news channel, it would be like breaking news, like so-and-so lost awareness during meditation. So-and-so did dishes while their mind drifted onto some other task. People chit-chatting while chopping wood. You know, it's like losing awareness is like what we talk about. So this is, is not only common. Um, you know, it's funny. I, it's been common forever. Losing awareness during this maintenance phase, during this big part of our reality has been happening since people beginningless time. Um, as the Malini Vijaya Tantra, which is a, a text that predates the Siva Sutras, tells us, and I'm going to have someone read this text. Um, you want to call on someone? Sure. I'm so excited to see Jen. Jen, do you feel up for reading the quote that's on the screen? I'm excited to see everyone, but I haven't <laughs> seen Jen in a while. Yes, I will try. Um, oh, shoot. It just went away. Hold on. Let me pin you. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, right. There we go. Yeah, hi, Baya. Hi, Satyam. Hey, I know this is a long quote, so take your time with it. I okay. mouthful. Maintain. Um, due to the impressions he has of what others think of him or expect for him and of his wanting to help others to satisfy them with boons, he may lose his temper and become careless and, un and uneven-minded, blocking his flow of God consciousness from the center of the three states of waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. 
So although he is aware of God consciousness in the beginning and in the end, he is played by this universe in the center, played by this universe in the center, played by hunger. Did I read it? No, played I typed it twice on accident. Sorry. Played by hunger, played by thirst, played by every aspect of daily life. Therefore, the one who desires to achieve the highest being should not be attached to these outer impressions. Well, how did how did you say that, Satya? Oh no, you did great. I just okay. for some reason typed the same word. Uh, okay. Yeah, a couple of times. It's all good. You did perfect. Okay. So everybody, just take a moment to scan. You know, we're all different kinds of learners. So what? pulls us away from our center uh everything everything just trying to help people pulls you away from the center you know um obviously drama can pull you away from your center uh hunger thirst your thoughts every everything is pulling us away from center you know so this is our work and and we know this you know, but this sutra uh, tries to give us, a, I wouldn't say called a new tool, but it, it shows us a new emphasis that can help us rise to this challenge. And how I'd like to sort of summarize it, basically, is starting to focus on this uh, maintenance aspect of our lives and our practice. So to rise to this challenge, we need to pick up the the mop bucket of maintenance and start paying attention to its, its, its part in our practice and in our lives. You know, imagine like you are um, on a special episode of, I don't, is this really the name of it? Undercover Boss? Is that the name of the show? Okay. So it's a fun <laughs> idea. I've only seen it satirized on Key and Peele. Anyway, um, so you're on your special episode of Undercover Boss. Okay. And you're taking a week off of being the CEO of your life, okay? And you're gonna put on the jumpsuit of the maintenance person in your building and in your life. We're gonna shift our awareness from making all these important decisions and this is where my life's going and this is what matters, you know? And we're gonna, we're gonna just take a step back and we're gonna just look at where our life is, what's actually happening in the sphere around us and put our energy there. And what we find, according to our teachers and the sutras, is that our lives are probably going to get better the more we do that. So we've got another quote here. Okay, I, I have the great honor to call on people. So um, Tess, I'm so excited to see you. And it looks like Okay, I couldn't read your middle name. Um, it's been so many years. Thanks for being here. Um, will you please read this next quote? I would be happy to. And I'm so, and I hope I, my dishwasher is running. I hope it's not too loud. Okay, great. Um, so the most surprising thing for me over the years was realizing that what I was clinging to and how I thought something should be were the biggest obstacles to having something better come along. We cling so desperately to our tensions. It is as if we have a stranglehold or on an anchor and we are sinking to the bottom of the ocean and we won't let go. 
It is not a fun way to be. But if for a moment or two, you can reach the state where you're totally present, you are not in the past, you are not in the future, your heart is open and you have a deep sense of gratitude, then everything releases. All you have to do is not grab it again. Grabbing it again is often our biggest problem. Thanks, Tess. So it appears that our, our CEO status in our life is itself generally our biggest limitation. The things we, we thought we needed for happiness and that we're, we're willing to like claw it so hard to get, um, actually tend to lead us to, you know, those same recurring patterns. I've heard Babaji say so many times that it, my life, speaking from Babaji's perspective, my life is so much better than I ever could have imagined. It's better than the things I was fighting to make it into. It's become better through surrender. And so, you know, for us as yogis, it's a, it's a shift, you know? put down, you know, the high profile pen and the business card kind of thing and pick up the, the screwdriver, pick up the broom, you know, start maintaining, focusing on the, the middle aspect of our work in our daily life. It might not be as glamorous you know, but everything in these sutras and all of our teachers are saying that there's something so priceless about this shift in perspective. You know, walk around your house like a maintenance person. Look at, at what's happening. Notice what needs to be fixed or just notice how things are going. If nothing's wrong, a normal individual would say, Oh, nothing's happening right now. But what does a maintenance person say in that situation? Everything's going pretty well right now, right? That's a huge shift. That's a practice of contentment. That's called Santosha in the Yoga Sutras. You know, Sabarmuni Swami uh, used to teach, you know, to say, to acknowledge to yourself, like, you know, throughout your day, things are good right now, you know? And so that's the, that's the shift that we're all capable of really starting to take part in. And it's this sort of step back a little bit into what you might consider to be the background of your life. But what is that background of your life? That's Turiya consciousness. That's, that's that foundational aspect of awareness that that sits behind all the fluctuating states of our mind. I mean, we've been told that numerous times in the sutras. So take a step back into the background and you're taking a step deep into your own awareness. So a maintenance person in this regard, they might, they might uh, move a little slower. They might speak a little slower. They might breathe a little slower. They might react a little slower because they're in it for the long run, 
the long haul. And to maintain that, that awareness over that bigger aspect of our tasks, not just the beginning when we're excited, not just the end when we're relieved that it's over, but that middle part, that middle part that's so vast, we've got to shift and start working with, within our task, you know, instead of sort of against it to finish it. And what I found is this puts you in a state of readiness. You know, there's something about the maintenance mindset where, you know, yeah, that light switch stopped working. I'm, I'm there, I'm working on it, you know, or yep, the something's not going the way I planned it. That's, that's our job. That's what we're here to do. You know, you're just constantly just working with what's coming up, not getting too far ahead of yourself. Oh, I should, you know, do this. It's like, no, you have this task right in front of you. And so it's a very present, very active kind of state of being. Because these distractions that the Malini Vijaya Tantra was talking about before, they're real. They were real 2,500 years ago. They're real 1,000 years ago. They're real today. These distractions really do pull us off center. And the distractions really are real. There really is something you need to fix, or there really is a, an issue you need to attend to, or you really are hungry you know, but it's how we work with those distractions that determine whether they pull us off center or whether they become fuel for our growth, right? And so you might wonder, uh, did I see a hand? Sorry. Yeah, Dharma, go for it. Um, I, I was just thinking to the slide two, two, the, two ago, okay. and it talked about the desire to please others. And I think there's like a short list of these sort of deep motivators for humans that are actually those obscurations. So it was like wanting to be thought well of, it was like wanting, uh, I, but again, it's like, it's sort of the short list. And I wonder if this is speaking to those sort of core motivations sometimes that are based in the ego. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's something to play with this week, you know, in your practice to like, to really work with it, you know, to want to like it says in this quote, right, to actually want to to help others or to satisfy them with gifts of some kind can actually pull us off center can actually, you know, like Babaji often says the first rule of life-saving when you're training, like to be like a lifeguard is that like when someone's like really struggling and you come up to them, they're going to try and pull you down just to get that breath of air. Like, you know, and so it's a, as a, a really good lifeguard has to be centered has to be very centered as they're trying to literally help someone and they have to maintain that center the entire time in order to actually be effective. I think a lot of times we think oh, I'll just, I'll just do this thing and then everything will be okay. But it's in reality, you know, um, we're actually responsible for a little bit more than that. You know, doesn't mean we can't perform the same task, but we can't perform it at the expense of our own internal awareness. I know it's saying it's asking a lot. There's no doubt. But start small, right? Like, I mean, you have kids and they're constantly asking of you, you know, and it's like, 
you probably go through this kind of thing in your day quite a bit. If you maintain your center while you support them, you feel very different than if you're just trying to like fix the situation kind of externally. Well, does that help? Any additional questions from that? <laughs> okay, right on. And uh, kudos to Dharma for just raising his hand. Um, I'm just, I got a, a few more slides, but we by no means ever need to finish the whole thing just to get to a few uh, slides. So I got to get to this last comment, this last slide, because it's the paycheck, it's the paycheck for the maintenance person. What are you paid in if you're the maintenance yogi? You're not paid in dollars, in case you're wondering. You're not paid in distractions either. You're paid in something very special called spuranas. Yeah, spuranas, you're paid in spurana. Um, what is a spurana, you might ask? Well, a spurana is described in the sutras, in the text, as, <clears throat> get ready for this, Jagannathi. Is she still here? <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> the fragrance of the supreme glittering of God consciousness. The fragrance of the supreme glittering of God consciousness. That's a direct quote. So that is what is directly deposited into your energetic savings account. Every week when you show up as the maintenance yogi. And the text goes on to say that all three states of awareness your waking life, your dreaming life, and your deep sleep life are filled with the dense nectar of this God consciousness. And that the yogi never loses this fragrance. And that it endures in each and every state of their life. It's pretty cool. I think it should be noted here that Faith talked about Rudy in this way in her book quite often. She always said Rudy smelled great. I know that's sort of mundane, but it's real. She wrote it. She said, he hugged often and he smelled great, like the incense he burned in his oriental antique shop. Or when she wrote, my primary feeling of the city was Rudy, and Rudy always felt and smelled fresh as a baby. So is Spurana a physical smell? I don't know, but I know it's real. I know that the, the teachers, huh, it seemed to be really out of focus. There we go. I know the teachers had it, and I know that it's the, it's the promise of the experience of our reality when we dedicate ourselves to this, this different um, type of work. And so uh, we can pause there for a moment, and we're going to do a little free writing exercise. So I hope you have the pen and paper. I try to put it on the screen in the beginning. If you don't, it's okay. Run, you know, whatever, or just chill and... Uh, you can just visualize you're in the air. Um, but the idea here is free writing is uh, a way to get out of your head, 
and get into your heart and and let yourself work with yana or uh yana yoga the yoga of of this sort of fusion of wisdom and practice and so you've been sitting here for about 20 minutes now i think and you've been listening to philosophy you've been reading quotes uh visualizing this glittering god consciousness um and i want you to just take a moment right now to feel in your heart with a couple of breaths just feel your inner state at this very moment and to just be as present as you possibly can in this space And then in a moment, we're going to start writing and you're going to write for three straight minutes. And you're not going to think about what you're writing. You're just going to write, but you're going to try and maintain that connection to your heart that you feel right now. It's all you got to do. You can literally sit there and write. I don't know what to write for three minutes if you want, as long as you're feeling your heart while you write. So we will start writing. Um, and I'll just oh, add, well, this, is, this is just for you. Oh, no, yeah. Thank you, you don't have to read it. You don't have to share it. So just unload any weight or pressure and let it be really um, organic and natural. Thanks, Abaya. Okay. And give it a shot. Three minutes. Feel the quality of your writing that helps to ground you in your heart feel the pen in your hand and the way that you're writing about halfway just keep writing it's okay you can do it connect with your breath feel your heart
and last few moments. And then just let yourself finish the sentence you're on. Put the pencil or pen down. Take one breath to just sort of step back from it. And then read it. Read your writing. And as you're reading it, underline circle things that really stand out. Where is your passion in this topic? Where are you connecting with this? What came through? And for our last piece of this puzzle, Circle one keyword, or if it really wasn't on the page, you can make it up. One word that sort of encapsulates the experience, put it in that chat box. And I will read them as you write them in the chat box. We can read them together if you want, certainly. Okay. Trust, surrender into trust. Fluid. Hearts. Happiness. Surrender. Golden light. Peace. Calm center. Flow. Love. Work. Moon jumping. Weightless. Heart-centered. Energy. Glowing. Balance. Acceptance. Simultaneously. <laughs> Kayla, did you have a word? Bubbles floating up. Bubbles floating up. And by just say yours. Being more present. Did we not get, oh, imagine. Desire. And no, as in knowing, K-N-O-W. See how much you had to say about that topic? It's just a matter of sort of uncorking, right? Just letting things flow and working with it right where you're at. You know, and that's sort of like this sort of maintenance perspective where you don't really have to create so much. You don't have to edit or dissolve so much. You just sort of got to be where you're at with the topic, be where you're at with the activity. And there is so much there. I mean, look around the room you're in. There's so much everywhere. You know, do we really need to spend all of our energy creating and dissolving? Like, it's a lot to maintain here. There's a lot to work with. So with that said, um, sorry. I'd love to see if anyone wants to share 
uh, a little bit from their free write or a question or a comment. Surprise yourself. Oh, I see a hand. Um, I think a walking hand there at Eldo. Please just, by all means, just unmute and go for it. Hey. Um, well, two things. So first, um, when you brought up the the slide that had the creation, maintenance, dissolution, the first thing I thought of, of course, because of Navaratri is Saraswati, Lakshmi, and Durga. That's kind of their cosmic function in each of those. Um, but I also like to study lots of goddess traditions. And there's a tradition where those same functions are um, carried out by a group of goddesses called the Fates. And the Fates, they are the, they're three women. And one is the spinner, one is the weaver, and one is the woman with the scissors. So I like that visualization of those three functions. Um, so that really struck me. And the other thing um, I was thinking is that those three functions are not really separate because we think even in the maintenance phase that we might all be in, our minds are constantly going through all three of those functions throughout the day. We constantly have thoughts that are created, maintained, and dissolved all the time. So it's like we're, it's like they're kind of interwoven all the time and not separate. Thanks, you, Johnny Ma. Yeah, I uh, just a quick comment on that last aspect. I definitely, um, it's almost impossible to. to you're right to tell them apart it feels like there's so many creations and dissolvings going on all the time that you're right they do seem to overlap tremendously for me i i feel like i've been relating to this topic more um experientially almost not trying to like necessarily say like oh this is the maintenance phase but rather to say like what does it feel like to be the in the state of being of the maintainer right now like what would that feel like what is that what is that how what does that do to my perspective and it almost always zooms me out it always puts me in that witness kind of experience so that's where i've been really um interacting with the uh, concept the most any other comments or questions or yeah anonymous so I've been just this last week reading about uh, the five acts of Shiva. So I thought it was really interesting you brought that up. And I heard uh, instead of the term dissolution, uh, in one of the texts I read, they talk about it as reabsorption. Sure. And it really seemed to connect more with that phrase that because it's reabsorbing into Shiva to get ready to create again. So, and then the second comment I had was my practice around this staying centered um, with my dad was really injured and needed surgery. And I was laying in bed uh, the morning after doing my gratitude practice. And then I started going into Om Namah Shivaya because it was really, I was really, really pulled off by all my <laughs> very deep samskaras. And, um, 
I realize that as I'm saying Om Namah Shivaya, that I'm saying it, but I really wasn't trusting in it. You know, how like you talked last week about letting go of the tool and going into it, but to let go of it, I needed to actually take this leap and, and trust in this. And it was really a, a very profound moment for me to realize what I wasn't able to do, which made me very thankful that I had the practice to be able to realize that. So I have a lot, I've been working on it all week and then the creation maintenance and, and reabsorption, knowing that this too shall pass, you know, what this what's going on with my dad and then also the energies I'm needing to help him and change my life around this. But it's, it's this leap of faith and trusting in the process. It's been a real challenge, uh, unexpected how much a challenge, how much of a challenge it is. Yeah, I, um, I feel the same way. I really love my parents as well. And I, you know, currently my mom's going through some stuff, you know, similar and you know, it's just, I'm so grateful that I have the medicine Buddha practice to be able to put my energy in a direction, you know, that really sort of funnels it um, because externally it feels like endless, you know, it's like, oh, all these things I should or could be doing at any given moment um, when I'm like, okay, well, first put it into this mantra, first put it into visualizing this individual and in health and then see what you want to do to help because most of the time, if I do that just a little bit, I feel like I'm really helping, you know, I'm like, oh, this is much better. But yeah, I, I, I feel you. And I look forward to hearing, you know, how this week sort of goes for you with just, you know, with the support of these sutras, possibly. I look forward to it, too. <laughs> all I know is I'm not enlightened yet. <laughs> yeah, that could pretty much be all of our books. <laughs> Well, I, um, I have this thing that I was going to debut tonight, and it's a little late. Uh, I want to make sure we get some meditation time in. But basically, it's going to be a part of your meditation practice. I want to give you a very special tool for your maintenance person tool belt. Okay, so it's a tool that I've been using a ton in the last few weeks. We've been using it a lot here. It's helped me tremendously. I feel like I'm finally doing the amount of mantra during my day that I always imagined I could do, but I honestly never could do. Um, and this tool is called a, uh, this tool is called a mantra gnome. So um, you've probably never heard of a mantra gnome <laughs> because uh, I made that word up. <laughs> and um, I probably need to buy the website. But, um, but a metronome is basically a metronome that's strategically uh, calculated uh, so that you can do mantra with it. And there's space for your breath, which is critical, I found. I found that if you can't breathe when you're doing a mantra repetitively, you'll stop way sooner than if you slow down and actually take breaths. Um, and so the beauty of the metronome 
is you can play it and I'll, I'm going to post the link um, on the Sangha Friends Facebook page. It's also on our website, uh, but the link will take you to our website. Um, you press play on it and then you go about your life. It plays in the background of your apps. You can be on another website. You can even turn your phone, turn the screen off and have it in your pocket and it keeps playing. And it's very subtle. It's very quiet. And usually you're the only one who can hear it. Like I was at the store yesterday at the checkout and I had it playing in my pocket and there was a sort of a weird encounter with the person checking me out. And I just kept doing my mantra and it ended up being like great uh, because I didn't like react to stuff. And anyway, you'll have a different experience and a better one, you know, for you. Uh, but I put together three of them. There's a Ganesh mantra gnome and you do about 500 Ganesh mantras in an hour and a half. There's a Shiva mantra gnome where you do a thousand in that same amount of time because it's a little shorter. And then I did a special edition Durga mantra gnome. And in three days, I'm going to rele release the Lakshmi mantra gnome and then Saraswati. Um, and so I've been doing Durga and that's what we're going to do tonight together. Um, so we'll do it together for a little bit. We'll meditate for a little bit. Gosh, class is just flying by. Um, and then uh, I'll post the link in Sangha Friends, but you can also just go to our website. It's under the practices and podcasts section, konalanayoga.org. You can't miss it. Go to the meditation, guided meditation section. Um, but let's give it a shot and I'll stick around after class if there's questions. And um, I, mm -hmm. I'll just jump in as One an outside observer to the metronome. Um, at first, I thought it was a little strange. It was like, oh, okay, Satyam's doing another experiment. And literally when he's in the same space, maybe we're doing cleanup and the mantra gnome's going and I'm doing the mantra with it because it's like, you can't help it. It just like naturally arises. And then he leaves to go do work somewhere else. I, I like miss it. I'm literally like, oh, like I'm not doing as much mantra now. Um, and now I have it on my own phone. Um, so it, it has been really fun. And I don't know if Spurana is real, but I feel like uh, getting to do mantra all day long, it, it feels like a little more real, a little closer. So um, yeah, I hope that the, inspires. It's a great addition you. to the dish room in the kitchen because it lets you do your work and then you can stop, say something you need to say, and then come back to it. And you, it just, it's so easy. You should play it so they can hear it. Yeah, we're going to, here we go. Sadgunat Maharaj ki Omim Shim Dum Dragaye Namaha 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 Omim Shim Dum Dragaye Namaha
Shreem Dum Dargahe Namaha Om Him Shreem Dum Dargahe Namaha Sadgunat Maharaj Ki
Now keeping that nice steady breath flow. You're welcome to continue using the full mantra with your breath or to just transition to your actual breath awareness. Allow yourself to explore the space of meditation from this perspective of the middle. Trying to feel that whole middle space of the breath. and the experience of that space. middle of the breath is a space of relaxation, of healing, presence. The end points of the breath are also very valuable those moments, that vast space between them.
allow the eyes to open if they're closed. And again, take a step back from the space that you're in. Feel that witness level. And allow yourself to play with that for the coming week. Hopefully the mantra gnome can, can serve you in that long-term, that endurance level um, awareness that we're seeking. And if you have time, a five-minute free write sometime between now and the next class could give you some great material to bring to our discussion-based class next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about this topic. It'll be the end of Navaratri. So you'll have had like seven days of mantra gnome practice, seven days of trying to really merge with the middle um, of your practice. And we're going to meet up and talk about it. And we'll have more time to meditate then. Sorry, I got a little clip tonight. Um, but I'll stop there. Um, namaste, everyone. Thank you. If you're excited about the Manchinum, I'll put the link in the uh, chat box right now. Otherwise, you can check Sangha Friends for it. Um, and look forward to hearing from you all next week. Thanks again. Happy Navaratri. Yeah. May there be lots of Spurana yeah. in your mantra. Absolutely. <laughs>